Welcome to Explore Talks. This podcast is hosted by Explore Life Science, part of Source Group International. This show is dedicated to showcasing success stories of exceptional careers and personal journeys in and around the life science space. Today is the second episode of our Women Who Lead Series 2. We interview female leading ladies across the industry and hear their professional journeys and how they've overcome challenges throughout their careers. My name is Rebecca Lauder-Fletcher and I'm the Group Marketing Manager at Source Group International. And today we are joined by Claudia Nijon. Claudia is the DEI Manager at UCB. Thank you very much, Claudia, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Um, looking forward to the conversation discussion. So it's March and in March comes up um, International Women's Day and it's just around the corner. International Women's Day is a global day celebrating the social, economic, cultural and political achievements of women. And the day also marks a call to action for accelerating gender parity. So today our episode is going to be focused around IWD and this year's campaign theme of Choose to Challenge. A challenged world is in alert and from challenge comes change. So let's all choose to challenge. How will you help forge a gender equal world? So kicking off with our first question, Claudia, tell me a bit about yourself, a bit about your background, um, take us on your career journey. Yes, so first of all, thank you so much for inviting me on, on this podcast. I'm very happy to be here. So as you say, my name is Claudia Nijen. I'm currently based in uh, Brussels. I was born in Belgium, grew up in Belgium, but I traveled all across the globe. I lived in the US, I lived in the UK, uh, you know, lived through many, many different experiences, which led me to my, my current role today as a DEI manager in the pharmaceutical sector. And um, speaking of my journey, I've never really envisioned <laughs> that I would be today where I'm at, but I still feel that I'm actually in the place where I belong. Um, I grew up in Belgium as a black woman, <laughs> so that's two, I would say, different um, uh, groups who are, you know, always underrepresented, right? So I grew up with experience of, you know, lacking representation, challenge with inclusion, and discrimination. So for me, DE&I was always somehow in the back of my mind, even though at that time I never really had the word or the language to really express it. And um, in 2008, by chance or by accident, I fell into recruitment. I saw a job ad and I applied. Uh, the access to the profession is very simple. Uh, they were not looking for, you know, people with experience or with specific degree and I had none of those <laughs> so I got the role pretty pretty easy and that's how I got on the path of talent acquisition uh, for over 10 years I you know managed total workforce recruiting permanent employee contingent employee globally and throughout my experience I obviously you know um, had situation where I felt discriminated against because I'm a woman, because I'm a black person, uh, you know, you go through microaggression. So again, always, always keeping in mind that who I am sometimes can be um, can, 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 can be can be challenging, right? And so 
in, in talent acquisition, I've always tried to see how I could influence at my level, uh, whether I was recruiting in IT, which is a very male dominant sector, uh, how can I maybe try to present more female candidates and have those conversations with the hiring manager? Um, I would say that 2020, that's where I started becoming more intentional in my strategy around DNI. So really looking at a targeted diverse sourcing strategy, uh, training our recruiting team on unconscious bias, and looking at our processes to ensure that they were inclusive. And then the world shifted. Mm. The pandemic hit. Uh, we had this global racial reckoning. And I remember that specific moments of the video that now unfortunately very you know well known when uh Derek Chauvin the policeman who killed George Floyd that was for me a turning point I would say because I felt sick um I remember having conversation with my friends with my family who were black and we were all mad frustrated sad and at the same time I realized that some of my other friends who were white were going about their day. Like they saw the video and they were like, oh, this is bad. But they were carrying on about their day while I was having another group chat where really I felt sick to my stomach and I didn't want to put a smile on, on my face when I was at work. It was very difficult for me to carry on meetings that specific week. Mm. And two of my friends, two of my white friends reached out to me and they were like, how are you? Like, how are you doing today as a black person, as a black woman? And I was like, I'm not okay. It's not okay, right? And I realized at that time that I was having different conversation and I couldn't understand why I was having those two different type of conversation. But then I was like, you know what? Some people truly don't understand what it, what it is to be a black woman. They don't understand that experience. And I understood that I had a role to play because I've never really talked about my experience. I don't share my experience the same way when I talk to my to my mom, to my niece or to my black, black friend. And when I'm talking to my white friend, for some reason, I shrink myself. And I realized there's an opportunity to be that bridge, right? To be the person who can help other groups understand the experience of minorities. And I was like, you know, you know what, this is probably my, my role now going forward to ensure that I can be that bridge and bring different type of stories um, in the forefront. And at the same time, working for a company, and I realized that the company role is not to solve the world's problem. However, we do have a responsibility towards our employees. And I wanted to ensure that everyone at UCB felt safe, felt that they could come in the office at work with their authentic self and that they will be set up for success and that's how I would say I stumble into the DNI which is to me now I don't even see it as a work for me it's something that I really truly believe that I want to do I want to make an impact I want to see how I can again bring stories that we don't necessarily hear about to the forefront thank you thank you for sharing that and um, you really have been on um, quite a journey um and I think you've kind of covered it already around why you're passionate for D of e, e and, D, I, and what are your drivers for success but 
Would you like to kind of reiterate that again and highlight any certain areas? Yes, definitely. Because for me, I want to make an impact, right? I realize that I'm in a lot of instances, I'm probably the only woman of color in the room or in some of the circles that I'm in, right? So if I can be the person who's going to make an impact, tell stories, ensure that we are thinking about being inclusive, thinking about the being equitable, then I want to be that person. And I want to ensure that I'm doing that, obviously, in my work, but also in my private life. That's really interesting, definitely driving those connections between mm-hmm. personal and private life, that it's not separate, that you can um, drive those experiences from both and, and see change across both sides. It's really, really great, really cool. Um, so obviously your new role, relatively new, um, new change of direction. Um, can you tell us a little bit about it and kind of what are your personal goals um, that you want to achieve from it? Yeah, so I always say that that in my role, I'm trying to change the world one Monday at a time, right? So, so it's not always, you know, it's not always easy. It's not always simple to see impact on the short term, right? So it's a long uh, term game. And um, in my role today, I'm focusing really on three areas. So elevate our ambition around the ENI, identifying specific areas that we can tackle and have concrete impact and also ensuring that we are embedding inclusion and equity in all of our key talent processes so recruitment pay talent management mm. okay okay well thank thank you it's um it's really really interesting and um would you say you've kind of got say a first point and goal that you want to achieve or is it kind of very much a long long-standing journey it's it's a long-standing journey and we need to start by understanding where we are, right? In order to understand what we need to do to change, what program, what project, what action, we need to understand where we are. So for me, a project that I'm very excited about this year is to understand our baseline. Mm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, okay, so moving on to one of my next questions is, um, and you've already touched on this briefly, and it's around authenticity in the workplace and perfectionism in the workplace um, Mm. to throw out those two terms and when you're looking at um, at gender groups uh, ethnicity groups how do you see the differences around those two kind of areas Um, what have you come across kind of actually in your workplace and in your personal life if you'd like Mm. to share that too Definitely. I would say when you're part of a minority or for me as part of two different groups, gender and race, you have those high unrealistic expectations that are put on you by society, but also things that you have integrated yourself. Right. So I remember being a kid and my mom (laughs) talking to me about school and she was like, well, you will have to work twice as hard if you want to at least have the same level of you know, recognition as a, a white male, for example, right? And we, we, we tend to integrate that, right? It's it internalized in us. We want to ensure that we work more than everyone else. There's this sentence in, in I would say, for the black experience, we talk about black excellence. And at first I was like, oh, that's cool, you know, because we 
want to have a representation of Black people in a positive light. But at the same time, Black excellence, to me, can also mean maybe some unrealistic expectation that we need to, to hit if we want to have the, the job that we want, if you want to go to, in places that we want. And that puts such a, a, such a pressure on yourself that it's sometimes difficult to, to carry all, all that weight on your shoulder, right? And we tend to, to go back to the authentic self, we tend to shrink ourselves because we are in those places and we don't want to ruffle, you know, no feather and, okay, I'm here, I'm, I'm so happy that I'm here, let me just, you know, try to be quiet. And at the end of the day, and I know it's not easy, but at the end of the day, for me, I think when I was that person, I was not helping myself, not helping my cause, right? Because people never thought, never understood my full experience. So they will never be able to help me if they wanted to, or to, you know, be there for me if they wanted to, because I was never fully expressing myself. So I do think, again, as part of the minority, there's so much that we have to carry on, mm. you know, you know, mentally and, 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 that's why I say it's a long, it's a long term. Do you think uh, it's kind of the, it's that subconscious feel that you have of saying, I need to say something that's right. I can't say something it, that's not right. It has to be the right, right point that I'm going to make. And then you may not express yourself, as you've said, as much as you want to. You may it, not highlight your skills, your ability as much as you want to, because there's a voice inside your head that's saying it needs to be right. Um, exactly. Then, yeah. Sorry, you, you're always second guessing yourself. Like, if I say this, are they going to receive it differently because I'm a woman? Or if I act this way, are they going to think that all black people are acting that way? Right? So you always have this dual thing that you can't be your authentic self because you always have to either represent for your group or try to not put maybe shame upon that group. It's 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 probably if we would you know open your brain, there's a lot of things happening. Yeah. <laughs> I mean to twist it up and think about it the other side. Would 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 you say obviously we can't put ourselves in a position, but as a white as a white male, that surely white males do have the, these thoughts though as well. Everyone must have these type of thoughts. Is it they're a different type of thoughts? Are they a different type of subconscious that thought that you get through? Does that make sense almost? It, I think I think somehow it, it makes sense. Again, I can't speak on yeah. on behalf of black or oh, sorry, or white men because I'm not a, I don't have that experience. Mm. Um, I, I would say probably the image that society reflects back to white male is different than to any other minorities, right? So again, from the minority perspective, I can fully understand that it's not always easy to come at work and and. When you when you saw a video again like the one of Derek Chauvin killing George Floyd, mm. you're not you are not okay. Even though I was in Belgium, it, it didn't happen in Belgium, right? But I I still felt the impact of that, you know, atrocious act. Of course, yeah, yes, definitely. Okay, thank you, thank you for that. Um, so moving on, um, thinking around obviously female leadership, the female voice. Um, how can we amplify the female voice? Again, you've kind of touched on it before, but perhaps any other points you'd like to add to that? And we can obviously combine the 
point of growing and nurturing female mm -hmm. leaders with their voices too. Good. Yeah. So I think, first of all, as a woman, you have a voice, right? So you have to decide if you feel comfortable to speak up or to speak. And if you are comfortable to do that, go. <laughs> go run with it because what you have to say is valuable. At the same time, if you're not comfortable, you don't have to, right? Think about yourself first, protect your peace. On the other hand, the people who have the power to amplify female voice, I would say to them, you have to listen, you have to stick to understand, you have to believe women when we are describing our experience. And you have to include all women, white women, black women, trans women, women who are wearing hijab, you know, young women, disabled women. It has to include all women. It has to be everywhere, in every spaces, public, private, in the media, in the art. We have to give them space. And when it comes to nurturing female leaders, I think we need to start young. We need to redefine the gender role. Like as a, as a young girl, if you want to be, I don't know, a race car driver, you want to play football, then the sky is the limit, right? We should, we should really try to, to look into that. And um, in, in the corporate environment, I, I believe women leaders, the talent is already there, right? It's more, let's look at what system is holding women back, right? Let's understand what do we have the status quo and we shouldn't be okay with that. Like we should level the playing field. And again, if you are in a position of power, you need to advocate on behalf of women. For, for the rest, the talent is there. Great, thank you. Um, and just finally, onto our final kind of two questions to wrap up. Um, what advice would you give to our listeners looking to evolve and expand their understanding of um, DNI practices? So DNI, it's such a broad <laughs> subject, <laughs> complex, right? And what I'm realizing is that DNI means something different to different people. And so if you want to do a career, there's so much information out there. You can go on YouTube. Now that we are all working, you know, virtually, there's a lot of, you know, webinars that you can attend to. You can read books. But I will say you don't necessarily need to wait for something big to happen. You can start small. Like when you are, I don't know, you, you need to organize a project or you show that you are diverse in the people you invite to be part of that project. When we are in meetings, in groups, are all the voices being heard and listened to, right? So we don't necessarily need to, to start big. And I will also say in your personal life, be curious, be open and be comfortable in being, becoming uncomfortable because there's a lot of conversation that will happen that will be that can be triggering mm. right and so you need to listen to women to women of color to lgbtq plus uh community to you know any again uh, any marginalized group you need to listen and you need to seek to um to respond but not to react Right, because otherwise you will miss you will you will miss the point. Mm, no, thank you. And I think uh, the point you've just highlighted there around 
um, you want to start big, don't you? You want to make a big impression, you want to do that. But taking a step back and yeah. thinking, okay, taking it in a small step-by-step step is going to be far more effective, isn't it? And they're going to help yeah. you grow and develop and nurture your knowledge, of course. Um, and our final question is, um, what do you want to see change across organisations in terms of building inclusive cultures and best practice? So first of all, I... I think the top, so your CEO, your executive team, they need to buy in into, you know, into this diversity and equity and inclusion piece, right? Because if it doesn't come from the top, then you're going to, it's going to be very challenging to create this inclusive uh, culture. I would say the second thing is to create more feedback loop, like talk to your employee and that can be you know via survey it can be via erg group focus group town hall but you need to you need to listen to really understand the experience while creating a safe space because in, in lot of in a lot of times when we are second guessing ourselves is because we don't feel safe so try to create a space and obviously look at your employee but look at your clients Look at the communities you are impacting, where you are making business, because of the way you are making business. So I, I think the diversity, equity, inclusion, again, can touch different fare around, around a corporation. Great. Well, thank, thank you. And um, thank you for answering my questions and having a lively discussion. Um, now, we will, of course, share Claudia's LinkedIn details, so please do connect with her. And we are on the lookout for more podcast guests. So if you're interested in sharing your personal journey with the Women Who Lead team, please reach out and let us know. Thank you very much for joining us today, Claudia. Um, and you've been listening to Women Who Lead Season 2, part of Export Talks. Thank you. Thank you.